Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to this week's Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kerry Kermood. At the weekend, I popped along to the Cronkavody Plowing Match at Bollagur and Peel. It was the opening weekend of this season for the Isle of Man Transport Museum in Jerby. And I went along to one of the little vegetable shops around the Isle of Man to find out how things were going there after the lockdown. Well, firstly, Kerry, uh, always keep an eye on what's happening around the farms. Uh, and still the sowing of the seeds is continuing. Uh, lots of uh, dust was happening over the weekend, certainly, uh, with the dry land. Yeah, the uh, land was very, very hard there, especially out at Peel as they were trying to catch up with some of the plower matches too. But uh, the boys are now starting to get ready to plant the green crops, which is the turnips and the rape and the kale for the winter lambs and uh, fattening off the winter lambs. And some of the cattle can be stored on the kale. Um, they'll be going in, in in May time here now. So uh, they're busy getting that earth. Yeah, and there's, there's loads of... Um colour around particularly around our place with the the oilseed rape and you know the the green field uh green field, the yellow fields that are about look absolutely wonderful they do look stunning don't mm. they just and it's really nice that uh ellerslie there do do the oilseed rape and uh and penty and the family there do a good job of it too uh, but it does look really really well when you're looking off the mountain road out across it stands out something unbelievable doesn't it it does indeed well uh during the pandemics of course there was loads of of, uh, little shops around the Alleman, around the farm lanes that uh, help to keep uh, people stocked up with the vegetables and bits of fruit or whatever they can get a hold of, eggs and things. And one such one is situated in Sandygate in Jerby. And I popped along to speak to Cindy Corkle to find out whether uh, things had quietened down a little. Yeah, they've gone down. They've quieted a bit down, but, you know, I'm still here. I'm still doing something right yeah you've been one of the ones though that have, have kept going through the last year's lockdown um, this year's lockdown again and obviously a lot in a lot of demand on you yeah it's been it's, it's been hard but we've we've got through it all and um, laxi we started in laxi and we were taking a good few veggie boxes up there and a and a variety of veg as well for people to come down to the uh, to the prom and buy off us but yeah you know people are asking so you've just got to try and supply all the time haven't you well when uh, this shop here at Sandygate was was empty for a while I mean what what sort of made you take this sort of thing on to start with it was going to be a hobby a weekend hobby so um, I'd asked Andy Cleeter to see if he could have a word with Roy and see if I could open the shop up, and he said yes. And it went from weekend to daily. Now it's monthly, yearly. I'm still here. <laughs> still here. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got my regular customers coming down. We're in Laxey on a Wednesday down on the prom in the shelter. We're at Port Erin now on a Thursday there by the train station, and there's a few of us that do Tinwell Mills on a Saturday. So, yeah, I'm getting around and... People are in, you know, they like to come and get the fresh veg and have a natter and a yarn and see what variety spuds we all got and what have you. So I just try and get as much as I can locally as I possibly can to 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 supply the the people that require it and would like to buy it and whatever else. Yeah, because because one of the attractions I think you go in a supermarket or big places, you're on your own, uh, and some of the older generation do like. Uh, 
the fact that they can come and have a look around, have a chat, and you know, oh, it's part, yes. part of their day. Yeah, I try, I try to be here as much as possible over the weekends. I can't during the week because I'm usually in the kitchen baking um, for the places that I go to. But yeah, we have we have our regulars that come in and decide they might only want to buy one parsnip and half a tin up and something like that. So yeah, we do we do halves for the for the elderly or ones that are on their own, and uh, they just come down and they like to get their fresh veg. You know, they go to ShopRite and they think, well, it's all there, but how long is it going to last? So, yeah, they come out, they enjoy it. Yeah, they do. It's yeah. nice to see them all. Oh, what about the younger generation? Obviously, there's a lot more cookery programmes on the television and things like that. Are the younger ones that come in a bit more positive and aware of what they want? Yeah, yeah, they are. You know, they come and they have a recipe and they'll say, like, blah, blah, have we got any of this, that and the other? And say, yeah, well that'll do for that recipe and we try our best to fulfill what they require and um, yeah because yeah, okay. the, the way things are going a lot of people are trying the vegetarian vegan diets and things like that and i suppose that there's ideal ingredients here for them well yeah yeah we've had the vegans we've had the veggies and um, we have the gluten frees so i'm going to try and do some gluten-free cakes for the gluten frees and um, everyone seems to be happy with what they get from here do you know what i mean and um, we're hoping this next year, well this year, I've got Mr. Cleeter bought, uh, built another shed for me and that's going to have all my summer stuff in it, all my soft fruits and the salad stuff and eggs and all the rest of it so that I can have that in the second shed and in the first shop I can do some different veggies and cutting them down to the sizes for the, for the customers, half a cabbage, half of whatever else they want. It just shows though uh, what an important part the little shop uh, the village shops uh, play when there's a pandemic or some sort of crisis, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, the little places. They It has been hard for the little places and some little places have had to close. But I suppose I'm just one of the lucky ones that has been able to stay open and provide everything that the customer requires. You know, they, ha- they have been good. They come out and they wait patiently before they go into the shop and... It has worked out really well. It really has this year. And what about the the bacon? That's a big part of it. It's been a big part of your life, I suppose, as well. <laughs> C- cooking cakes and various things. Yeah, I uh, I have helped to make cakes in the week. Uh, my daughter comes and gives us a hand to make cakes, and we've got into the pasties and the savoury pies and the sweet pies and um, everything else that we can think of if we've got time to make it. Um, well, yeah, we kept going. We're in the kitchen at least three, four times a week, so it's not, mm. it's not much free time. No, hubby working away here behind us as well. Oh, he is, yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be without him <laughs> because without him, I, I don't think I could have done it. Like we say, we, we tried it as a hobby and it's just materialised from there to be a business and um, hopefully a successful business, which it has up to now. Um, but yeah, Hubby comes out and he weighs all weighs spuds out for us if we need them at the weekends and weighs everything out, carrots if we need to and sort out the jacket spuds and yeah, he's he's a good help, he's a godsend. Um it's just nice that I don't have to employ anybody else but within the family to to actually help me and they're all behind me, which is a bonus. And when you look at the, the spuds on the ground here, um just finally used to be people weren't really educated they just go in pick a bag of spuds up and try and do everything with them yeah. but of course now they, they get the chance you know what do you want them to do with them want to roast them want to do things that- yeah yeah there's there's a few the older people that still come here like that 
like the old Saxon and the Zagita. Um, and we've got a jelly in this year that we, we managed to um, to obtain. And that, to us, is a fantastic spot because you can do basically everything with it. Jacket potatoes are absolutely spot on. They do roasties, they do the mash, they do the sliced spuds to go in your hot pots and everything. They are a really good spud this year. They've really done us well. So, the shop um, open times here at Sandygate? Shop's open from about half six, seven o'clock in the morning. Hubby opens it up on his way to work. And we close down about half six, seven o'clock at night. Um, Sundays we, clo- we we attempt to close a little bit earlier so that we can get a little bit of our time. But if you know if we come here and there's still people here, we'll go away and come back maybe an hour or so later and let other people come back into the shop. You know, if they forget something, they oh, damn, I forgot this, that and the other for tea. And we just stay open a little bit longer for them. Well, keep up the good work. You've done a good job and uh, long may the business continue. Thanks, Simon. I hope it does, yeah. Uh, Much appreciated. Thank you. Cindy Corkle from the uh, Sandygate Farm Shop uh, telling me uh, how things had been over the uh, lockdown period and uh, how things are now moving forward. So uh, all these little places, absolutely godsend, weren't they? And you just hope that people will continue to support them all around the island. They really were. It was absolutely fantastic to see local produce uh, there in the forefront, holding its own. And like you say, the little farm shops and the, the, the way that the farmers diversified to offer their produce in a way that it was safe and social distanced, whether it was through the farmers markets or, like you say, on the roadsides there. But it's, it's always nice to pick up local produce, isn't it? And like you say, really, really hope people keep them in mind uh, as the times hopefully go back to normal. Indeed. Well, uh, we spoke about the dry uh, weather up to the weekend and uh, you were with the ploughing people. Did they they manage to get the ploughs in the ground? Just about. My golly, they were doing some chunnering. I'm surprised you couldn't hear them. (laughs) But no, it was a fantastic event and um, Cronkavody Ploughing Society there have cancelled and cancelled due to the COVID. Uh, The boys are saying they'd be normally done by the end of March and uh, it's too late in the year now to be doing a very good job, I suppose. But the the ploughs still have to go in to do, like I said before, the turnips and the rape and the kale yet. Um, But I went along to Bollagur there out on the Peel uh, Coast Road and I caught up with some of the boys that were taking part, but also the governor... Sir Richard Gosney was in attendance and uh, what a fantastic uh, day he had. Well, sir, you made that look quite easy. Well, it's not easy. I doubt that I made it look easy. It's nice of you to say so. (laughs) But even doing that one round like that, it is very hard work keeping the big wheel up against in the right place so that you try and keep it straight. And uh, and you can feel it on your arms. I'm not used to this farm farm manual farm work. It's not what I... What I do, but to do that and spend hours and hours doing that, you'd either need some pretty tough arms to start with, which these fellows do, (laughs) or you'd end up quite a wreck for quite a long time afterwards. Well, I think it's lovely that people are doing this, and the different classes here with the the old vintage tractors, and then the the pair of the horses, and then the modern tractors, and enough people still wanting to come out and do it, and I think that's excellent. And there's one, there at least one, if uh, young chap doing it as well, so it's. Uh, there's a chance. Hopefully. There's a chance that the next generation will pick up on it, uh, and it's excellent. And I, I've read about it in the papers, and this is the first time we've actually been out and seen it ourselves. So I'm very grateful to the Cronkavody Ploughing uh, people for asking us along. Fantastic, and it's really great to see you in action as well, which, <laughs> well, <thank laughs> which is lovely. But like, like you say, these events are so important to the island. It's important that we support them, isn't it? Yes, I think so. And 
uh, for them it's uh, a matter. And it, 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 these people take it seriously. This competition, they'll all laugh mm -hmm. about it and smile over, over ba bacon, baps and tea afterwards. But at the time, they are quite serious and quite rightly serious about getting it right and being doing the straightest, best uh, furrow you can get, bit of ploughing you can get. You know, I think it's I think it's admirable and it's, uh, and it's good. And I, what I hadn't realised, someone one of the ploughers was telling me that this was the only place in the British Isle where the ploughing competition was kept going through the Second World War. In other words, obviously people throughout the British Isles were, were ploughing and, and growing food, but here they actually made time to have a ploughing competition as well in those early 1940s. I think it's rather nice touch that too. That is really, really lovely. And how important it is, some of the, I was talking to Ronnie Fairbairn, one of the um, last people to do ploughing the Manx style, yes. and how important it was to get the seed beds 100% correct for that reason to grow food. Yes, no, he was showing us that as well there, and it's a very different style. Um, and I can't understand why it didn't take off across the British Isles. Yeah. But anyway, it's still being done here, which is nice. Good. Well, Ronnie, how's it going for you here at Bolliger? Well, it's good enough going. Ploughing is good enough, but the ground is just a bit hard for the day. It's the wrong time of the year to be ploughing, I tell you the truth. Why is that? It's just too late on? or? Too, ah, it's too late on. It should have been done in the autumn with lockdown and nothing going on. So. Ah, God. And these chunky fellas always want to carry on, you know, <laughs> do get the jobs done. They're tough boys, aren't they? Oh. So what have you got here today, uh, Ronnie? I, I'm in the Manx style here today, doing the Manx style. I like the Manx style. Look, something to look at. So what's the difference then between the two types? Oh, well, seedbed, you see. You've got a seedbed. It used to be sown with the fiddle or by hand. You used to saw the grain. And when it hit each side of the forehead, it came up like drill marks. Right, I see. Yeah. But uh, now they've got big cultivators, so they just turn it over and... That's and and ratch away. That, that's exactly it. I, <laughs> I do not, feel... I haven't got the skill like they used to have to have in, the, in the, like, uh, one. And why do you feel that it is, you know, it's, it is important to get the seed bed? Well, it used to be. Not now with the drills they've got these days and big tractors and wind driven the grain into the ground, not like uh, when you're sowing with a fiddle or by hand or even a horse. Yeah. You see, this was easy work with the horses. Yeah. Instead of having to go over the ground and over the ground, you see. Yeah. yeah. I've seen me when I used to play doing it the horses, my legs were that tired at night and they wouldn't lie quiet in bed. Never. Tired, Goodness yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. How but things have changed, eh? Oh, oh aye, but this ground over here is nice, but when you get out and ball when they have I go, <laughs> there was hard ground out there. <laughs> is that where you were brought and, up, was it? Well, no, I was brought up at um, around and then uh, I went out to ball one to work. And Ayrton too. I was at Ayrton for a fat while there too working and then I moved on but when I came north and found the soil was different I went down south for a while yeah. but then I came north and north the wife said the wife says one thing we never get time to any, keep any rubbish in the house because you keep moving on <laughs> <laughs> but they say it's the sunny north is it right oh I the sun will be down there today it's frosty this morning though yeah oh, right, first of May first of May I believe isn't it I, no. It's been a long dragged out winter and spring it is. Mm. It really has and uh, boys are wanting the rain now. Exactly, wanting rain now. <laughs> trouble is not want to stop like last year. <laughs> it was alright making silage but by God it was a job to make hay last year. But oh, yeah. gear, it wasn't a lot of rain but just annoying stuff. That's it, there's uh, no two days together hardly no. much was there? No, there was never two days the like, same at all. But so how are you going to get on here now then? You're Once I get, if I get this pie sorted out, the rest will be easy. You reckon? <laughs> yes. Until it comes to the finish line. 
A lovely soil here though, Ronnie. It's nice, easy soil to work, isn't oh, it? Beautiful. It'll be all built on by far you for you younger ones are dead. It might well, not when I will, but uh, they would be joining up with Kirk Michael and the other people will be joined up with St John's going out that road as well. So. Houses everywhere, it's the same down with us in Balasella now. Houses everywhere. Anyway, right, I better let you get on. Very good, that good will luck, be good. Thank, right. thank you, that's very good. Well, Steady, I missed you at the last one at Balakwagon, but here we are at Balagur. How's it going? Uh, yeah, going all right, really. Yep. Soil looks pretty nice. Yeah, it's nice soil. Bit dry, but could be worse. <laughs> yeah, here we are complaining how wet it was at the last <laughs> tail end of last year, and now it's bone dry. Yeah, yeah, it's not often you're plowing with dust coming off the back of the plow. I suppose getting a bit later in the year now as well with the lockdowns we sort of missed a bit of time. Yeah I think they're just sort of getting this one in just for the sake of having it really you know it's uh, it's a good job they are but yeah I, it would have been a lot better a couple of months ago but obviously couldn't be. So. And will that make your job a lot harder? Um, yeah it'd be a bit more challenging but that's, uh, that's half the fun of it really. <laughs> and what do you got here today? Uh, just got a Massey 35 and a Ransom plough. Much tweaking needing to be done? Uh, no, it's not too bad, really. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good. Right, well, I'd better let you get on. As you see, the judges are coming down here. Are they already had a look at you? Oh, yes, they've, uh, they've had a bit of a skeet. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's going all right at the moment. So Good. Mighty. Thanks, Daddy. Yep. Well, Sienna, I missed you at Balakwagon. How are you getting on here at Balagur today? Uh, not too bad, Kiri. Uh, conditions are challenging enough. It's quite dry. Well, it could do with a bit of rain, really, around this, these parts. <laughs> I've heard, I heard it's uh, snowing down at home, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, was it was pretty desperate coming up the Balamorda. There's plenty of hailstones on the way here at uh, half ten this morning. So, yeah, hopefully we're getting a bit of a soaking. I believe, so. yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd do so, the gra- ground good. But, uh, yeah, it's not going too bad. Um, just uh, just joining on to, uh, to Stephen here now um, and measuring up. For, uh, for the finish so and are you far out today or is it not too bad um not too far away only a, a couple of inches so um i can uh gotta gotta make a few alterations to the plow to to make it uh, come together nicely hopefully and i suppose steve now you've been doing this plow in a good few years uh, uh, together in the young farmers and all the rest of it, and you've always been seen as a young fella how, how do you still enjoy it well yeah i mean I've been. I think I was 13 when I started started ploughing. Uh, I was lucky enough. My uncle and my grandfather got me into it. Um, so uh, yeah, still enjoy it. Um, I mean, yeah, you're always you're always uh, trying to improve. That's the that's the thing with it. Um, every field is different. And, you know, uh, it could be tricky then. Just, just challenge. You know, every every match is a challenge. You know, today it's so dry. You know, trying to get in the ground is a is a job, but. Uh, yeah, we're, we're getting there. We're closing in on it. Good, so. good. And you're talking about your family there. You're up against your uncle and, and William. Often you, you boys would be out supporting these events. Yeah, I mean, myself and Will, we, we you know, um, we, we try and get out as much as we can. A bit uh, of family we, rivalry, bit, maybe? Bit of rivalry. There's plenty of that. <laughs> There's plenty of that going on. And um, I see their CD there. He was still leading the race, though, I suppose. Well, yeah, he, th- he thinks he is. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying, we're trying to do our best to catch him, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, he's he's a he's a good coach anyway. Yeah. Learn from the best, did not he? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Steve, I'll let you get on, get finished. The sun's come out here now again. Glorious. Bit, 
Absolutely. Glorious now, isn't it? Yeah. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Kerry. Gordy Clegg, well, I think it's been a great success here at Bologur today, but it's the first of two, I hear. It is the first two. Um, due to COVID, we've cancelled three or four times now, but so we're on the two matches, try and get them done and dusted, because obviously it's getting late in the year now, we're out in May, but at least I'm only putting green crop in, so it doesn't matter. But uh, there's a very good turnout. This is what would generally be the main Cronger body match, um, held the third week of January, and next week is what we call the horse plowing match, which is normally the third week of March. Oh, gosh, so we are well behind the schedule then, uh, We're well behind, but, hey, the weather is with us. The ground is quite dry and hard, but it's ploughing all right. But it was a lovely turnout. It's good to see so many people here. I think there's 18 outfits ploughing, including the horses, and a good turnout of people, and it's good to see it. It really is, and you just mentioned the horses there, uh, Gordon, and we had uh, His Excellency taking part of one of Nicola's uh, horses there. Uh, my God, it didn't look easy. <laughs> No, it's not easy, especially in the hard ground. Even the horses were found a heavy pulling today. But, I mean, he, he done very well, his excellency, for somebody that hasn't done it before. Uh, just to go straight in there and, and muck in, it was good to see it. So this will be the first one. Next week we're back here again at Balagur. We're back here in the same site in the field to our left as we're standing now um, for the, uh, the second match. But more importantly, next week, the presentation for both matches will be next Saturday night at St John's Church Hall at um, 7.45. Get that right, 7.45. And that'll be the presentation with a concert and supper served um, at the Church Hall. It'll be good to see a bit of support there. I do believe the concert is one of the ones you've got to get in the diary. Well, we haven't got to get in the diary. I'm just not sure who I've got on the diary yet to do it. What are you doing on the night, Kitty? <laughs> but as these traditional events so gone, you know, in the farming calendar, it, they need to get out and, and to be enjoyed, isn't it? Well, it does. I think people enjoy it. The plough matches have been a good thing all winter. I think there's it's 11 different matches through the back end. I think there's usually three sort of October, November, and then the other eight in the springtime. But they're usually the last match is usually the beginning of March, first, second week of March. But you know what thing has been Evan has been held up not just plowing matches in general with this naughty word called COVID-19 <laughs> but we've got to put up with it people's spirits are high let's get out and about let's enjoy it we've got to start living our lives we've got to enjoy it and that's what you just said there is right it's a bit later in the year but you're also gathering a few clouds, crowds your general public is coming too yes yes it's nice to see quite a few strange strange faces here that we haven't seen the matches before Maybe it's the weather, maybe they're enjoying the walk out. We're just in the outskirts of Peel, they're just walking out and enjoying it. It's good to see. Mona, so what role do you have in all of this in the background of the kitchen? Well, not a lot, really. Just making baps, serving baps. And, and you can't beat a good sausage and bacon bap. And what do you make of all the power matches? You know, over time you'll have been involved for a few years now. I quite, I quite enjoy going to them, you know. Yeah. 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 And I this side of it is what the ladies would do and the boys would be out doing the, the plowing. The boys are doing the plowing, the ladies yeah. do the cooking, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it would always be, wouldn't it? It's yeah. always been that mm. way, yeah. And how long have you been involved with them now? Oh, gosh. 60 years, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and has it altered much over time? Well, we, they used to take sandwiches out in a, in a, a basket out to the field. And the big cat and big urn of tea, like, and just yeah. serve that way. Now. And now yeah. we're in the marquee. And now yeah. we're in the marquee, yeah. yeah. And they all come to you. They come to us, that's <laughs> true, yeah. Under the hedge. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But I suppose one time in the farming times, yeah, that's how it would be done. The ladies would come from the from the farmhouse, that's out right. to the fields and feed the men. That's right, and yeah. I suppose with these big modern tractors and all the rest of it, it doesn't yeah. quite happen like that anymore. No. 
Yeah, but when I was home, like before I was married, my father, he'd be out plowing with horses, like. And we used to bring their lunch out to the field, you know, yeah. 10 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock again in the afternoon. He'd come home for his dinner. Yeah. But they were planned from 8 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock at night. Oh, that's some and, day's work. And, and that's a long, it's a long way to walk. Oh, yes, this is it. And they were saying just before, Nicola with the horses there, uh, she measured up last week, uh, or the last plough match she in the butt, she'd done nearly 10 kilometres. I know. 10 miles. I think it was 10 miles, sorry, yeah. Yeah. That's an awful lot. And that's it's just... For a hobby, it is yes. Yeah. Whereas you talk about your father, it was necessity. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and how times have changed, I suppose. I know. Yes, yeah, a lot. Is it for the better? I don't think so, really. Not really. I mean, it maybe some things, maybe yes. But yeah. 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 It's it's different in the agricultural world now. You know, lots, you yeah. have lots of staff around once, and we did, yes. lots of people to natter to, and yes. I suppose now it's just quite quite isolated, aren't you? Really? Yes, you're all. Yes. Mm. How things go? Well, you got the pan of sausages on. The fellas will be well. They'll be on a lunch yeah. break soon, yeah. is it? We've run out of bacon, so. Oh, You'll have to go short. Yes. <laughs> well, anyway, I'll let you get on. Lovely right. chat to you, Mona. Lovely. That was the governor, Sir Richard Gosney, and many of the competitors involved with Gordon Clegg, the chairman of the Cronkavody Ploughing Association. Yes, uh, he seemed to enjoy his go at it. He wasn't prepared to do the whole field by the sound. <laughs> <laughs> My word, his arms were tired after that. But like he said, he, uh, full credit to everybody that once used to plough all of the fields like that with the horses and uh, in many a condition too. Um, a great, great number of people in attendance, like Gordon said, and um, the cake the ladies make, well, wow, that's second to none. It is. Well done. <laughs> You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermud and myself, Simon Clark. Well, it's been, as we keep saying, difficult times for everybody uh, with uh, things to show to the general public. But this weekend, the Isle of Man Transport Museum at Jerby uh, finally opened its doors for the summer season. I popped along to see what they've been up to uh, during the lockdown period and I caught up with one of the directors, David Hanscom. Professor David, uh, first weekend of opening, so uh, exciting time. Yeah, we've been closed ever since September when we the second lockdown came in. Although we haven't had the museum open at Easter, which we normally do, it's given us extra time to get the exhibits up to scratch and repaint the floors and totally rearrange it to make it a better presentation to the general public. Lovely smell of the, the new fresh paint when you come in yeah. here as well. But the lovely thing about this, there's so much variety of, of the older type of um, buses, in particular on the transport side of things. And when you see some of them out the back that have arrived here and stripped down, it shows you the work that your team have to do to get them just about as pristine as they can get. Most of the buses we've got on display were... Some of them were roadworthy when they came to us, but they were all in a sort of neglected state. And over the years, various different people have taken them on as projects and produced them all to the nice presentations that they are today. And what sort of work, is it mainly the sort of bodywork that, that fails? Were the rest of the transmissions and engines fairly bulletproof? The engines are normally the slightly easiest bit to restore because they're straight forward well-made mechanical bits of equipment but it's normally the body works where they've been left out in the weather the corrosion's got in 
or the paint's just faded and the, the insides need refurbishing to make them look as they used to look when they were in service again. What are, what are the shells of buses mainly? Are they, are they aluminium, a lot of them? Most of these that we've got in the museum are aluminium, but there are a variety of the older ones have got wooden frameworks. Right. And most of the newer ones are on aluminium frameworks. And the older ones with the wooden frameworks, they tend to rot over the years. So they're, they're easy to restore, but they take a lot more time because we're actually replacing bits where the ones with the aluminium bodyworks, unless they've damaged, they're fairly robust and they don't cost too much compared with a complete rebuild of an older one. I suppose the difficult bit is there won't be many of them left, so spares will be hard. You have to sort of have a look at it and a discussion amongst yourselves and think, well, who can we get or what can we do to make it? The, the modern buses, they tend to use engines and gearboxes which are used on more than one model of bus. But the older ones where they were made by the old companies like Leyland and AEC and Daimler and that, those parts are beginning to get a little bit difficult to get hold of. You can get them, but they take a bit of resourcing. Whereas the modern buses, you know, the bodywork's made by one company, somebody else makes the chassis and the engine, so the, the, a lot of the bits are interchangeable between different types of bus. When you look at the, the Mercedes buses going around today on the roads, all pristine and plugged laptop in to keep yeah. them going and stuff. I mean, it's hard to think that, you know, in 50 years' time that people will be, be looking at them and going, wow, look at this old bus. But I suppose nobody would have thought that when, when these were left to sort of scrapyards and just, you know, thrown away. People would, would never think that they could be restored back to this state. Most of the old ones, unless there was enthusiasts involved and they saw the potential and got hold of them fairly early, most of them were just left neglected or sold off for next to nothing. And a high percentage of them ended up being scrapped. We're just fairly lucky that on the Isle of Man, we've had a lot of the Manx transport preserved, as you can see by walking around the museum. And what sort of ages are these uh, buses? I suppose the, the, the train and the tram car side, are they older? This tram car here is the 1890s, I believe, and it was in service till 1929. And this is quite rare because a lot of people look at it and they think it's either an electric tram or a horse tram, or, but this is actually a cable car. And it really? ran with a piece of cable laid into the road and there was a caliper that came down from the bottom of the tram through a slot in the middle of the lines and it grabbed this cable and it was pulled round. And this particular one ran from the, the Jubilee clock at the end of Victoria Road right way around Upper Douglas, Woodburn Road down there, then down to the old bus station, which used to be belong to the corporation at York Road, and then down to the Villa Marina. So it was, it was, a, it was a big, big part of people yeah. getting around Douglas? It, yeah. It was the main way of getting around Upper Douglas, and the only thing that killed it off was the, the motor bus becoming more popular and more easy to, to manage, where these were quite extensive because of the the amount of engineering and repairs that had to be done to the cable that pulled it all around the island or all around Douglas. Wow, it's incredible and so lucky to have it here in very good condition really, isn't it? Yeah, it was restored by a gentleman called Keith Pearson and some of his colleagues. It's recently been repainted by two of our helpers and they've done a lovely job of it. 
But it, when it finished with the Douglas Corporation in 1929, somebody in the north of the island bought two of them, made a holiday bungalow out of them, and it sat as a holiday bungalow until, I believe, the 1960s when they started to consider it was worth restoring. And it's, it's a lovely job. This one was converted for ease of showing it off the general public. When Keith Pearson and his colleagues restore it, they fitted it with an electric motor so as it could be driven down Douglas Promenade. But in fact, it never had the electric motor. And we're not even sure if the electric motor still works on it because since we got it, it's just been put as a static exhibit. Wow, it's incredible. And you see a lot of the buses lined up. Um, the age ranges of them? Well, the oldest one here... Look. MN 5454, yeah. eh? That's on permanent loan to the museum from the bus company. It's one of their heritage fleet. And that dates, I think, from either 1924 or 1927. Really? Yeah. And the ones up the back end, the, the Leylands, most of them were still in service 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible to see how the buses are... The sort of... I suppose the basic thing of them is, is the same. We've got a driver and somewhere where the passengers can sit but yeah. the, the evolution from them to, to make them bigger and I suppose more uh, economical to run uh, shows in the in the design of them but there's just some character to these older ones isn't there? The nice thing about the older buses compared with some of the modern ones that you see around the museum the modern ones you've actually got to look at the name badge that's on them to see actually who manufactured it because a lot of them look very similar but the older buses, each manufacturer has a distinctive design and you could pick them out easily and say that's a Leyland, that's a, an AEC or whatever the other bus was. Yeah, and is it, is it sort of when you get them restored and you start them up for the first time, I mean, what's it feel like when, when you're all standing around and you get it going if you've had to redo the engine or something on them? You're like a big child with a new train set. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the... the that's the pleasure, I suppose, of yeah. being involved in it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it's a very enjoyable hobby. There's a lot of work involved in it, and some of us, and I'm one of them, aren't particularly good at um, mechanical aspects, but there's enough helpers here to, to help you mongle through. And we all help each other with doing all the jobs on it, each other's buses, which are within your own personal capability. Excellent stuff. And uh, open now, uh, weekends, is it? We're open at the moment on Sundays only. We're open to the end of September at the moment, but whether we open up any further depends on what happens with the COVID-19 and whether more people come to the island. When we opened earlier in last year, when we were allowed to come out the lockdown, we had a lot of people come for, but they were mostly residents in the Isle of Man because the holidaymakers couldn't come over. And we're in a very similar sort of situation now, but hopefully, keep our fingers crossed, if the COVID does begin to reduce, especially with everybody getting their jabs and we let the holidaymakers come back, we might be able to open for a lot longer periods. We, we've routinely opened Saturdays and Sundays from Easter, public holidays, and then special days throughout the year. So... We're really waiting to see what happens with the, the world's epidemic. David Hanscom from the Isle of Man Transport Museum uh, giving us an insight into uh, what they've been up to, uh, getting ready for the opening season and some fantastic buses and that old uh, cable tram uh, the car that's in there. There's some wonderful things in there if you're interested in uh, old buses and things like that, uh, but they've been restored miraculously.
it's unbelievable how they can get them back to that shine and brand new state, isn't it? The amount of hours and work that goes into it and the detail is just phenomenal from you know yesteryear. It's just all brought back to life again. Yeah, I'll have to get in there myself, see if they can polish me up a little bit. <laughs> anyway, that's all we've got time for on this week's programme. Uh, if you go to Manx Radio's website, you can go to the podcast, you can type in Countryside and you can uh, hear all the uh, interviews that we do in length uh, without uh, having to shorten it down for obviously to fit in the Tuesday programme and um, you can enjoy it at your leisure and ones that go back uh, weeks and weeks as well and don't forget you can always pop along to the next Cronkavody Plough match there again at Bollagur this coming weekend okay so until next Tuesday at 6 o'clock from me Simon Clark and me Kerry Kermode we'll see you then bye 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 bye